Welcome to Her Fantasy Football, the all-lady fantasy football one-stop shop. You can check us out on our website at herfantasyfootball.com or follow us on Twitter at herfantasyfb. I'm your host, Courtney Kirby. And I'm Ashley Williams. And I'm Brandon Lee. So let's get it on. No more faking it, ladies. Here at Her Fantasy Football headquarters, which may or may not be my dining room, the three of us have decided to split up the NFL teams. We drew the teams out of a hat, and throughout the season, each of us will be in charge of blogging about the teams, following their depth charts, tracking their news, etc., and of course, the injury reports. And guess what? Training camp is here! Woo! After spending the last few months getting familiar with our assigned teams, we have a nice things-to-watch list for each team. Each team has questions that have remained unanswered. And hey, this is our teaser. So in teasing fashion, we'll do half of our teams this week and half of our teams next week. Gotta love the preseason. And to kick us off, Brandon is going to ask the first gotta know training camp question for the Tennessee Titans. Yes, I am. All right. So one of the things that I am wondering that I think the Titans really need to answer is will Kenny Britt finally become an elite receiver, the kind of receiver that all of the experts were so sure he'd become? Uh, Back in 2009, he was a first round draft pick. And since then, he has been mm, underwhelming. Let's just say that at best. But basically, all of the reports from the Titans OTAs have been really positive. Supposedly, he's in the best shape of his life. You know, he had some knee problems last year, but now he's saying, you know, after these two knee surgeries, which I don't know, that makes me nervous, that everything is fine. He feels great. He's only 25, which, by the way, was shocking to me because it seems like I've been talking about Kenny Britt since I was like 10. But I guess he's only 25 years old. (laughs) He was like 21 when he graduated and he's just been around. Um, he will be 26 September 19th. So it's a little misleading. But still, you know, he's young enough to repair. Um, and this uh, draft, the Titans decided to draft wide receiver Justin Hunter. And he's actually from the University of Tennessee, home to Peyton Manning. Um, but he's already had a hamstring injury. Because you know what? That's what rookies do. You know, they just they get hurt. It's unbelievable borderline every time. Uh, But it did kind of light a fire under Kenny Britt. And so, you know, everyone's saying that this might be his year, which I hope so, because he has yet to break 1,000 yards in an NFL season. He also never plays 16 games. So, you know, that's how that works out. His best year was in 2010, 775 yards, nine touchdowns in 12 games. And basically, I just want to see him on the field. I want to see how great he looks, supposedly. But, you know, I'm hoping this is like the Des Bryant thing, where finally last year he was decent. You know, like every year he's just been this huge disappointment. But everyone's like, oh, he looks great in his uniform. You know? I mean, (laughs) you know, I I don't really care. So Looks great in those stars. You know, real great. And I feel that way about Kenny Britt. And, you know, it's just, it's time. You know, I'm also shocked that he's only 25 years old. I, it's, it seems like he has been around forever, and I forever. think it's because of that 2010 season where I mean, he was just killing it with nine touchdowns. I mean, the 775 yards, you know, is it's pretty impressive, but it was the nine touchdowns. I mean, literally, it's almost a touchdown a game, and he was a sure start. And he's just been kind of disappointed since then. I think we all like to think of that 2010 season 
and maybe we're hopeful that 2013 will be the same, but you know, I'm kind of with you. I mean, I, I hope he steps up this year. I think, like you said, I think a lot of it's going to come with Locker, what, what he's going to be able to produce. I mean, Kenny Britt had an amazing offseason. I mean, he has yet to be arrested. And <laughs> with that kind of record on an offseason, I have high hopes. Uh, big year. Big year for that. <laughs> on the 2013 season. I mean, you laugh, but literally that's what everyone's been saying. They're like, it's great. He hasn't been arrested all offseason. That's an actual line. Oh, for sure. Sh- oh, well, I didn't pull that out. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's... <laughs> I mean, eight arrests since he was drafted in 2009. I mean, he's definitely not um, somebody I'd have watch my kids, you know? That's one less than the amount of touchdowns he had in 2010. (laughs) One less. That's awesome. Wow, Kenny. And I would say definitely um, when you're talking about eight arrests since 2009, that's two a year, right? Yeah. No. (laughs) Right. That take that takes effort, right? It's very and to very consistently impressive. do it year in year out. That's the best part about it. Pretty crazy. I wish you put that kind of dedication into uh, training camp, which it sounds like he's doing this year. About time. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> what about uh, you, Ashley? What's going on with these dolphins? You know, the dolphins are just one of those teams for me that I I forget about them anymore. Like I feel like. They've kind of that forgotten team since Dan Marino left. And I think it's really interesting because, you know, can you draft any Dolphin player this year with any confidence? I mean, I think you've got, you know, your second-year quarterback in Ryan Tannehill, you know, which is, he's got a lot of promise, but at the same time, he was, you know, a rookie, which is always ridiculously frustrating. You know, and he's got, you know, They've gotten rid of a lot of veterans this year, but he's signed, you know, Dusty Keller, tight end. Tight end's becoming an enormously huge position. And so is this a, a year where you can maybe try to bank on hopefully he's going to have a better, you know, third season? I mean, I mean, I don't know. What do you guys think about it? Do you think you could draft any Dolphin player with confidence? Yeah, no. I mean, I'm not... I'm not super excited about the Miami Dolphins this year. That's, that's for sure. I mean... <laughs> I mean, I love their uniforms and I love that a bunch of famous people go to their games. Like, I'm sorry. That excites me when I see J-Lo in the stands. I don't know about any of you. Mike Wallace now. So, I mean, that's to me the reason I'm even talking about the Dolphins or I wouldn't even talk about them. But, you know, they signed Mike Wallace that, that could be a big, big player for Tannehill. I don't know. It's so interesting. I felt the exact opposite about Miami. I feel like this could maybe be their year. I know. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That sounds yeah, crazy. I think. The division is terrible. It's true. Other than New it's England. True. But New England has just been a hot little mess. So I, hot mess. Hot, hot mess. mess. Sizzling hot. That's how hot that mess is. And I think Tannehill has some potential. I'm hoping that he, you know, can make that happen with Mike Wallace. I mean, if you, that's the kind of guy you want to have around to make it happen. Dustin Keller, same deal. I'm feeling really great about it. I don't understand what the Jets did at all in this offseason. I do love Dustin Keller. I do. I do enjoy him. He was really underutilized. I'm hoping that maybe, you know, Tannehill will utilize him a bit more. It's an interest. That's why I brought it up because that's like I was saying. Like I, I wouldn't even talk about the Dolphins in the last borderline decade. It was a waste of time to even talk about it. But this year, it's it's, it's a little interesting because Tannehill might be coming into his own. 
He's got Mike Wallace. He's got Dustin Keller, two proven seasoned, you know, receivers, and, you know, and a tight end with Dustin Keller. So, you know, I'm, I'm intrigued. I am intrigued right. to see how the preseason goes. I mean, I'm, I'm going to hold judgment as to whether I would actually draft anybody yet. Well, I think... But I'm intrigued. I think when it comes to anybody, yes. Do I want Tannehill as my starting QB? Absolutely yeah. not. <laughs> this is like Give me like a 25-team league to have Tannehill as yeah. your uh, And a two-QB starting, starting league. It would have to be bananas. But <laughs> do I want Mike Wallace? Yeah. I, I would I would like Mike Wallace. I think Lamar Miller is great. There are very few actual starting running backs still on this, t- you know, in the league. In the and league, I, yeah. And I feel like he might be one of them. I know everyone talks about Daniel Thomas and Mike Leslie. But I think they're great, but I don't think they're going to hold a flame to him. It's still up in the air, though. It's and you know what? Well, Miami ends, Dolphins. Tight ends are so thin. I'd take a chance on Keller. If I can't get I would say about I would too. You know he's not going to be in a tandem tight end situation there too. So it's it's a good tight end position for him and the fact that he's not going to be sharing reps with somebody. I mean, I'm drafting Jimmy Graham right after I draft Peyton Manning. Um but <laughs> which brings me to my team, one of my teams, the Denver Broncos, which I'm very excited about this year. Um Ooh. But more importantly, those wide receivers, I mean, we are, they are deep. Wes Welker, you know, is coming in, and he's, he's going to be huge for Mr. Manning. And then we have Demarius Thomas and Eric Decker. I mean, the three of them are going to be amazing. And everything you hear off this offseason is that really working well together as a team, which really excites me. What I kind of want to talk about is the guys that aren't going to necessarily be starting, but might make a huge impact for the Denver offense, which, you know, Gerald Robinson from Arizona State, you know, he's coming in and he's played with our backup quarterback, Osweiler, you know, and he's only 23 years old. He's a huge target. I mean, he's 6'4", 220, you know, just a big guy. I'm, Beefy. I'm, I like it. I mean, he's... Beefy. He's... <laughs> Yeah, he's he's a stud. Yeah, so I I'm really excited for him, um, at least to get some really good touches and great exposure during these training camps. And then Quincy McDuffie from Central Florida, uh, you know he. I just like his name. I know, I know. You got to remember name McDuffie. I know him and Trendon Holiday. Uh, it you know we're like gonna a be Downton Abbey villain. It does. Quincy McDuffie. McDuffie. In the library. You know, I mean, yes, exactly. Um, So offensive to Mary. You know, at least one undrafted rookie has has made it into the final roster since 2003. And I'm really hoping it's going to be Quincy McDuffie. You know, I really want some uh, kickback returns for some touchdowns this year. I don't know about you guys, but I'm really excited about the wide receivers for the Broncos. I feel like I am concerned for them. There are only so many passes that can happen. And the, Negative Nancy I over here, am, Brenda. I am. I don't mean to be terrifying, but there are people that have three wide receivers from the Broncos in the top 20 wide receivers. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. What, yeah. What, and by someone, do you mean me? Because <laughs> I do. I don't yes. know how that's technically possible. 
Listen, I would draft all three and play them all three and start them. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be a throwing throwing <laughs> team this year. They say Peyton Manning is is back is is full That's strength. I, yeah. I mean, just looking awesome. Manning mania. I'm just. You know, I went out to Denver to, to visit you guys, and we, we did all the setup for the podcast. And, um, you know, just so that everyone knows, Ashley and Courtney, they live in Denver, and I live in <laughs> New York, and we are obsessed with the Broncos. So we might as well just, like, you know, this is like AA. We have to admit there's a problem. And there it's is better than cheering for the New York Jets, just saying. It's true. Well, turns out <laughs> winning's, winning's better. Turns winning. Out. We're winning. Winning. Uh, but uh, I was out there, and I was in the car on the way back to the airport with my dad. And he was like, let's listen to talk radio. This is talk radio. This is just what you guys are be doing. I was like, okay. And there's this guy on there talking about how he was watching Peyton Manning and Wes Walker just kind of throw around the ball a little bit. And he said it was just like poetry. And this guy poetry went off the rails. And he was just talking about how, you know, he was a shocky fan. But there's nothing like watching Wes Welker catch a ball from Peyton <laughs> And I just started Stoke laughing. I was like, great. Unless you're also watching Demarius Thomas catch a ball from Peyton Manning. Or Eric Decker catch a ball. And I thought, there are lots of people that want to catch balls. There are a lot of people in Denver that want to catch balls. And I'm just wondering how they're going to keep everybody happy. But I think that's what makes this team so interesting. And Corner brings up a good point: is that you know Demarius Thomas is definitely the deep ball threat. He's fast. He's huge. He's a big, big target. And Wes is one of the true slot receivers in the league right now. And Eric like, Decker gets all the touchdowns. I mean, and, yeah, I mean, and Eric Decker's that kind of in between guy. So I think it creates actually could cause you know some defensive problems for a lot of teams because Decker was never really, really, truly a slot receiver, not the way Welker is, and so it's. It's going to be, they're going to have some really, really interesting schemes, and I'm excited to see it. I think it's going to be great. I think that it's exciting that other wide receivers you could throw into the mix, too, just just to really fuck with people. I'll tell Let's you do what it. is not going to mess with people the Dallas Cowboys. And nope. I, bum, 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 I have so much to discuss about this. So the Cowboys are still run by Jerry Jones. I don't even know what to say. First about problem. That. First, first <laughs> problem. <laughs> Nice guy. You have a I'm whole sure. podcast on Jerry Jones. I think we should sometimes. I'm going to dedicate a Tumblr to Jerry Jones. It's just, <laughs> just going to be him and quotes and choices. But, uh, yeah, so basically he really wants him to do a two tight end set. He's into this, I'm sure. And Jerry Jones is mandating this, correct? Mandating, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, again, suggested. Right. A.K.A. Mm-hmm. mandated. Right. Slash, he already yeah. told his coach he's done being an offensive coordinator for them and calling plays. I, you know, whatever. It's fine. I don't have a problem with that. In fact, I actually think it will be beneficial for him to focus on the game as a whole rather than calling plays, which was his old job. But that's beside the point. Uh, obviously, the Patriots had a two tight end set that worked very well um, until people got arrested and broke. Okay, so... <laughs> Uh, look how that turned Broke out. down and busted right there. <laughs> more money, more problems. <laughs> Holy moly. So here's the deal. Jason Witten is one of the most successful tight ends in all of history. That's just the way that it is. And he's under contract until 2017 when he's 35. I love him. They love him. He's under contract until like 2045. <laughs> he is dead. He's 31 years old right now. 
and he's one of only three tight ends to ever to go over 800 career receptions. Ever. One of them. Who was the other, Brandon? The other two? Would it be Mr. Yeah, would it be Mr. Tony Gonzalez? Is one I'm of sure, them? and I bet it. And Mr. Shannon Sharp. Could it be? Could it be? Could it be? Could it be? And so, uh, <laughs> what I'm saying though is that so they they got in the draft this this rookie named uh, Gavin Escobar. <laughs> I love that name. Uh, right now he's number three in the depth chart, and he's behind actually a second year guy named James Hanna. And uh, you know everyone thinks that Escobar for sure is going to be this second tight end, this two tight end set. But then other people are saying that James Hanna is actually the more athletic one and a better blocker, which to me is. 80% of so most huge. tight end jobs. Yeah. You yes. have to be a good blocker. So I don't even understand where this information is coming from. And so I'd like to see how they're going to deal with this at camp. Are they really going to start doing two tight end sets? And if so, who's doing what? Why? I think it's, you know, it's really interesting because part of that makes me really sad because, you know, Whitman was one of the true, like, it's like you know, you think tight end, you think Jason Witten. Obviously, you're thinking Gronk, you think Tony Gonzalez. Vernon Davis. Vern, yeah, I mean, mm. he, he's one of those ones. And now to throw a second guy in there, and maybe, you know, and maybe it might make him more productive because all the attention won't be on him. I mean, we all know that Jason Witten and Tony Romo have their love affair. They bunk up together every single game. But whether it's right or whether it's wrong, I think the whole point is Jerry Jones gets what Jerry Jones wants. Jerry Jones can say, we're not going to have a single motherfucking tight end on the entire team. And it would happen. (laughs) And that's concerning. (laughs) You know? I mean, Tony Romo in general is concerning to me. So, you know, I feel like everybody's just sitting at the edge of their seats waiting to mess up on that offense. You know? I mean, I feel like the pressure is on. You know, whether there's two tight ends, one, zero, five, I feel like... Everybody is just working to keep their job. It all rides on I mean, <laughs> it's just, it's, it's not fun. I mean, I feel bad for all of them, to be honest. They don't look like they're having no, fun. No, no. You don't ever see a cowboy smiling. No. Americans team, not yeah. so much anymore. Not happy. That is one thing I have to say. They are serious about losing. I mean. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I would I would agree. But you know who's not serious about losing it would be the Seahawks. Nice. Hi, you know I'm in. You know, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not a huge Seahawks fan. I don't really know why. I just don't like them. I think it has something to do with their uniforms. I hate that damn neon green stripe in their uniform. Love it. Love it. Fucking crazy. Love it. I everybody loves it. I hate it. I don't Love know. It. I'm a traditionalist. I don't know what my deal is, but. I am intrigued to see if Russell Wilson will be able to be as productive and successful in his sophomore season as he was last year. And I think there's so many, you know, players out there that he can compare to with, you know, RG3, Andrew Luck. I mean, you've got such a stellar class. I and mean, I feel like this is kind of like that 1983 class, draft class with, you know, Dan Marino and Jim Kelly and John Elway. I mean, it's so, it's, I feel like it's happening right now where we're living it. This is that second round. And I'm really hoping that Wilson is going to be able to have as successful of a sophomore season as he did his rookie season. He only turned the ball over 13 times, which is, you know, not bad for a rookie. You know, he stayed healthy again, an accomplishment for a rookie. Um, and it got better throughout the time. Only five in his last 13 games. So really it was just a kind of a rough start with a rookie, which is what you would expect. But the latter end of the season, 
you know, only find five turnovers, which is, you know, pretty damn good. But do you, I, I think people are going to compare this to Cam Newton, and I think that's kind of going to be an interesting comparison in the fact that, you know, Cam Newton's team doesn't win. Right. Clearly, is they need a suggestion box right. on how to get shit done. But, you know, do you think he's going to compare to Cam? Do you? I mean, how do you guys think he's going to compare to RG3 and Andrew Luck? Well, are they all going to have a killer sophomore season? I mean, it's, I know, no way. I mean, I'm saying two of them are going down. And I don't know if it's RG3, Andrew Luck, you know, Doug Martin, maybe, um, Russell Wilson, obviously, Alfred Morris. I mean, two of them are going down. I'm picking one running back and and one quarterback are going to be done by game seven. Going to have good seasons. No, they're going to – two are going to be, like, not playing halfway through the season. That's my guess. Injury is going to happen. And like I don't Tanya think Hardin it's going to be – I don't think it's going to be Russell Ouch. Wilson. I think Russell Wilson's going to have a good uh, second sophomore year, if you, you know, you say, um, just because he has people surrounding him. You know, he plays for a great team. I feel like he, he's going to have a good year, you well, know. And say what you will about Pete Carroll, but that guy's got energy. I mean, I, yeah. I can't say I'm, I'm a <laughs> fan, but my God, does that man exude energy. <laughs> I, yeah, oh, I mean, I don't know if it's the drugs he's doing off the toilet seat or if he's just tough, really tough excited, but... Um, he's super jazzed. I, I I'm on the Wilson boat. You're on the Wilson boat. I am. I enjoy Russell Wilson, and I think that he makes good decisions. In I feel like that's an understatement. Brandon loves Russell Wilson. <laughs> I think he is a beautiful man. <laughs> married. Me too. But I certainly wouldn't mind spending a day just gazing upon his presence. Can we say that two of these three players, RG3 and Russell Wilson, both married? Crazy. <laughs> Why is that crazy? Because they're both right out of college. I mean, it's just not as common this day and age. But I kind of like these are two stable guys in stable relationships, married. That's true. I think it might That's help. true. But give I them time. It, I think it might help. Give them time. The first time. year is the hey, toughest. So Hang out with Kenny Britt. Let's see what happens. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, when I was going to school, um, they used to pair the bad kids with the good kids for projects. And I was a good student, and so I would always get paired with unbelievable people. Just unbelievable. And I remember thinking, now you're just making me literally do twice the amount of work. No one wins here. And, and then I would be bullied. You know, it was like, it was like the worst possible situation. But in the NFL, I do kind of wonder if that's the way to go. You know, like like a buddy program. You set Ken, <laughs> Kenny Britt up with Russell Wilson, and you say, you know what? You guys need to do coffee twice a week. Right. Just right. do it. Chats. And you know they what? tried that with Cutler and Brennan and Marshall, oh, and we man. all saw well, how that went. Who's the good one? Yeah, who's the good one? Yeah. Bad cop, bad cop. <laughs> <laughs> Not, didn't work so out. So good. So good. You know what's bad when you have to go live with Jay Cutler for a bit to try to straighten yourself out. Yeah. Oh. Uh, you know what's bad? Is the Jacksonville Jaguars running. Period. Yeah. Well, period. <laughs> really. I know. We could, go, we could say ja- Jacksonville bad, Jaguars. The Jaguars. Move on. Um, Enough on their team. Oh, but they. I mean, yeah. They're the, one of the worst running teams in 2012. I mean, ranking 30th in yards, 
30th in tight end or touchdown attempts, 30th in touchdowns. I mean, they need they needed a lot of help. Now, granted, Maurice Jones Drew was out in Game Six. Yep. Um, that hurt. Yeah, I mean that that hurt my team. <laughs> Especially if you had drafted note. him. Um, yeah. And Just you know. Saying he might not be ready to go at the beginning of training camp either, you know, which is also scary, you know, seeing how they have two new running backs behind him and they need the leadership. Um, and we need more, we need him back. We need Jones drew back period, especially for drafting purposes. We need to see how well he does, but you know, I'm just, I'm really worried. Denard Robinson is coming out of Michigan, you know, with big numbers. You know, he just signed a four-year deal. I'm just, <laughs> in general, I'm concerned about the team, but I'm really. So you're drafting a jag at your running back position right. uh, round one. I, I, I love say... Maurice Jones-Drew. I do love him. I just, I'm hoping he stays healthy. Well, and the say, team uses him when I properly. Saw this, when I saw what you were going to talk about, and I decided to look it up, I thought, this can't be right. I did. I actually <laughs> thought, these can't be the backups. There must be, be someone on the team that she missed. Like, there's got to be someone else. I literally was like, something is amiss. Yeah, Justin no, Forsett. No Justin Forsett. That's, that's the one. Yeah. No one could tell no. you because no one goes to the game. Oh, it's so sad. But they've got to, I'm sorry, who doesn't know that you need a good backup to your one player? Like, he's literally the one player on the team. And who's pint size. And he's pint size, but he, he's the one person that you definitely draft. Right. It. He's it of the whole team. So you need to have at least a backup. And they used to have Rashad Jennings. Um, gone. Yeah, but he's gone now. You know, he's a raider. It's not getting better <laughs> for him. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's fascinating how really bad it is. It's ugly. It's just ugly. There's nothing else to say about it. I, I'm, I'm with you. I didn't think it was that bad. Like, until I was, like, looking at this, I was like, wow. I mean, I knew with my <laughs> fantasy team that I was like, MJD, I need you, baby. Get healthy. And I held on to him for weeks. Weeks, just hopeful, hopeful he was going to come back, which was just foolish. But I love him. He's my little pocket-sized boy, and he has delivered year after year, and he got hurt, like Courtney's saying, game six, and it was rough. It was rough for them, clearly, as they're, like, second-worst team in majority of categories here. But it's... I mean, with Forsett only having 374 yards last year, and he played all 16 games. So unpredictable. I mean, and and then you have Robinson, who... Who's a quarterback? I mean, I mean, he's a quarterback. I mean, he had amazing numbers for being a quarterback, but he's a quarterback. I mean, we, they drafted and signed a guy who's not even playing that position in college, but his senior year. Do you year. think they were, were they, were they channeling Tebow, you think? I'm, like, <sighs> we could change him. Well, I mean, Rob, they made it very clear Robinson was going in the draft and he could play in any position. I mean, he broke record after record after record for college. I mean, he is, but I mean, (laughs) uh, well, I mean, they might need be, they might have to use them as quarterback and wide receiver and running back. We'll see. It's just like what Tom Brady is going to be doing now that he's going to be throwing and catching the ball. 
You're welcome, Giselle. That's right. Your dream has come true. <laughs> uh, speaking of Tim Tebow, the Newark Jets, and we're going to spend mm, uh, less seconds. than any seconds on this. <laughs> I will say the, Jets. the only interesting thing is that Rex Ryan ran with the Bulls. I don't know if you saw this YouTube video, but it is kind of the coolest adventure vacation you can take is running with the Bulls. <laughs> so I think that's pretty awesome, and I hope that that gives him some confidence because he will need it. He is going into a year where he's deciding between Mark Sanchez, the Sanchez, who had 52 turnovers in two years. We don't even need to discuss the butt fumble that will live in infamy. But we do. And then there's Geno Smith, who I'm sure he's probably a nice person. But I will <laughs> say, I was at the NFL draft, and this is what they did not show on television, people. He got drafted. And I do feel for him. You know, I feel for the people that are there the first day, they don't get drafted, and they're embarrassed. I think there's a human element to that. I'm not even going to judge that. He showed up, great, cool. He gets drafted, and everyone's, like, you know, cheering because they knew that he was there, and he comes out. And then he literally, and they didn't show this on television, he struck a pose in the middle of the stage. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, posing for pictures. I'm not... When he had him in drafted? Well, he when got he, drafted. When he got drafted, he went to the <laughs> yeah. front of the stage, the lip of the stage, center stage, and posed for photos. I'm not kidding. Awesome. That's so the Jets. That's the that's so the Jets. And I yeah. actually turned to the guy next to me, who I did not know, and I said, "Is this happening?" Because it was so unbelievable. I could not believe that he was doing this. <laughs> he didn't strike a Tim Tebow, did he? No, he struck a GQ. Okay. <laughs> good, good. GQ. He was literally yeah, like, keeping mm. it classy. Love it. I'm also Love calling it. him the Jay-Z experiment. I'm really into Jay-Z uh, conquering the so world. so Oh, my goodness. New York. Oh. So, uh, listen. Here's the deal. I think, actually, Mark Sanchez is going to get the job. Just, do you? Do you think so? I do. I feel like... Because here are Rex Ryan's <laughs> options. He's going to sink or swim with whoever, right? And he can pick the guy with experience and pray that vintage Mark Sanchez shows up. The guy who at least didn't lose games mm. for you. Okay, who went to two AFC championships? That did happen. That is a reality. He's going to pray <laughs> that it comes back. He's going. I to, forgot about that. Yeah, of course you did, because the butt <laughs> fumble will erase all your memory. It's part of the game, mm. and so he's going to hope that happens rather than rolling with the punches with Geno Smith and kind of this, you know, the rookie mistakes, learning on the job thing. Because he, Rex Ryan's job is tied to that, so he does not have the time for Geno Smith to learn on the job. Now, if Mark is Mark, he's going to then probably do a Hail Mary pass and put Geno Smith in and be like, oh, dear Lord, please do this. But it's going to be like a Hail Mary. Chances are it's not going to work, but maybe. Uh, I think it's a lose-lose for the Jets right now. Of course it is. Because you're right, you've got Sanchez with 52 turnovers in two years. I mean, that is just, that's crazy talk. That's, that's like seventh grade football turnover stats. And they didn't I mean, even like, lose the majority of their games. It's, 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 it's ridiculous. And the butt fumble, as you said, is an infamy and it's, and it's so good. So good. It's so awful. But it reminds me of when John Elway lined up behind a tackle. I mean, like people forget about it because he's John Elway and became one of, you know, the best quarterbacks of all time. I am certainly not suggesting that Sanchez will be John Elway in the future. That's not in the cards. And, and as far as I'm concerned. But I think you're right. I mean, do you do you go with Mark Sanchez, who proves that he can't quite get it done, but 
gets it done kind of enough that it's enough of a discussion? Or do you just go straight up with the Geno Smith, who's completely fresh, who clearly, you know, the GM wants. Rex Ryan, you know, is leaning a little bit more towards Sanchez. I mean, it's like tried and true. He stands right by him, which I respect. Honestly, it's kind of refreshing to see a coach stand by a player so much, especially in this day and age. But I think it's such it's so hard. And I think even if Sanchez does get chosen as the starting quarterback, I mean, he's really just... You know, that is a day-to-day job, and he is one interception away from Geno Smith going in. And that's a tough place to be in for Geno Smith and for Mark Sanchez. I mean, that's not the way to, that's not the way to build confidence and win a game. I think they're just hoping not to be the worst five teams in the NFL. Here's hoping. Oof. Don't draft but, a Jet. But Rex Ryan's job completely resides on it. Completely. Absolutely. Oh, it's, it's so rough. You know who's Joe? I don't think it is up in jeopardy at all, but the Bill Belichick's. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he's just got like a get out of jail free card this year with all of the shit show that has fallen upon the Patriots. And Aaron is asking for it. He wants that. You card. know, I mean, mm-hmm. God, sweet Jesus, the Patriots. It's it's so rough. But I guess my question is, you know, are they going to get their heads back in the game by the time the season starts? I mean, they. I mean, this is a crazy start to that. You got Hernandez currently awaiting trial for murder. That doesn't look promising for anybody that's been listening to that. Not promising at all. The cornerback, Alfonso Dinar, just received a delay, 30-day jail, 30 jail sentence for assaulting a police officer. I mean, if you're going to beat somebody up, don't have it be a police officer. <laughs> that's not going to end well for you. you know, How about you just don't team? beat anybody up? Man. Well, I mean, come on. You got Kenny Britton. The pig, I mean, they just, you know, they just can't do it. But... Yeah, we're beating people up. You've got Jake Ballard. Is he goes up at the plate now that Aaron Hernandez is basically, you know, going to be serving behind bars forever? I mean, he had a pretty killer, you know, rookie season with the Giants, but this is a completely different team. Is killer and you the, the right Tim- phrase to be using while discussing? <laughs> I don't know. I think, you know, I, I feel good about Ballard. I- oh, <laughs> for the Patriots? Yeah. Poor form. Poor form. Poor form. Poor form. Holy moly. Uh- but then you got Tim Tebow. I mean, and I hate to say it, he's like the nicest person we got the Tim Tebow effect now with the Patriots. And, and, you know, everyone says, oh, it won't happen to our team, won't happen to our team. But it's an impact. Every time he's on the team, it's an impact. I mean, can the Patriots get their heads in the game before the regular season starts? I mean, I'm not looking at the Patriots to be the Patriots of last year. But I also, you know, with Belichick and Brady, they've got good leaders on that team. I think... I think they can make something out of nothing. Um, And by that, I mean... I have a really hard time saying Belichick and Brady aren't going to make it to the playoffs. I mean, regardless if there's nobody else on the team, it's very hard for me to say that. Now, I don't think they're going to break records with anything this year. I think that they'll be happy to make it to the first game of the playoffs... I think realistically, they're going to be a game short. But with that said, with with the whole team falling apart, I think they're going to do better than a third of the NFL teams that have been planning <laughs> and know exactly Probably. what's going on with their teams. So I we'll see. Four, I make four words. I have four words. And those are Jets, Bills, maybe Dolphins. That's all I got to say. Literally, it does not matter what they do. 
four words makes it okay. They have a terrible <laughs> division. Would, yeah, I mean. Who's going to go? Who's going to go? Yeah. Maybe Dolphins. But that's it. That's the only possibility. I would still take Brady and the dirt over Tannehill and Mike Wallace. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. But, I think that they're going. I think they're losing, but I think that they're going. Um, it won't be a good season, right? I mean, it won't be. It won't. They won't completely implode. Listen, I think Brady is not going to draft as high as he did last year. He doesn't have anyone to throw it to. I don't think Gronk should draft as high as he did last year. He's got nobody else to pretend like they're catching the ball. You know, I mean. <laughs> I mean, he's a big man, but you, I mean, literally they could send everybody else out and put all the defensive people on Gronk and the other guys probably still won't catch the ball, even though Brady's throwing it, you know, I mean, well, Swelker knows. Um, so, I mean, I just, uh, I don't, this is a tough one for me. I don't like the Patriots anyways, but I'm not excited to see all of this go down for them either. I think their fantasy points will be fine. And I'm Do you saying think be- it again because six of their 16 games are yeah. against the Jets, the Bills, and the Dolphins. Six right. out of 16. Six out of 16. It's a lot of games. But <laughs> are they going to fare better or worse than the Saints, Squirt? Uh, well, you know what? And that's my feeling. I mean, the Saints did not have their season last year. A normal season like the Patriots aren't going to have a normal season this year. With their head coach, defensive coach, everybody out, that chemistry was just all sorts of messed up. Even though Drew Brees had a great season, he could have done a lot better. I mean, he is, he is the man, you know, in my feelings, all over the board, being a leader, being outside on offseason. You know, you don't hear about that man getting arrested <laughs> or beating his wife or whatnot. Assaulting cops. Assaulting cops. Um, but, you know, this training camp, that's what we really need to look at, I think, is the coaches. I mean, now that Peyton's, you know, back, and I think the offense has, has no worries. What, what I do worry about is the defense. Um, <laughs> let's start with Rob Ryan with the defense problems. Um, coming in from the Cowboys, I, I too love Did his great energy, hair, great hair, great hair. Um, great hair. Great hair. <laughs> but woo, he is not the best coach <laughs> and for a struggling defense already. Um, one of the worst defenses last year, Rob Ryan doesn't have a success record. I mean, he, he I, I just, I, I really struggle to think that, Drew Brees is going to be able to score more points than the opposing teams are going to score against his defense every game. I don't see that happening. I don't see that happening with the leadership of Rob Ryan, but we will see on this training camp. I'm really excited to see how he um, fares with his new players. I would say that the Bleacher Report had a great stat that I think is going to really hold well for him, which is that as a defensive coordinator, his offense's Uh, if his offense has given him a lead of at least eight points, um, they've done that 37 times in his career, meaning that only 37 times (laughs) has his offense been able to get eight more points than other people. But out of those 37, they won 27 of them. It's pretty good. 
And you know what? <laughs> Frankly, if anyone can get eight points ahead or 18 points ahead in the first quarter, it is Drew Brees. So I'm hoping that now that they have their offensive coordinator back slash head coach slash the brainchild of Sean Payton, that they're going to be able to offensively just dominate like they have in the years past. And then I think Rob Ryan's good at maintaining. And he's got great hair. Great hair. Great hair. hair. I I mean, are they going to be bad enough? Their defense anyway, because of their division. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to draft people that have to play Atlanta. I just fantasy wise, it makes no sense. Yeah. But I'm going to draft Drew Brees. No question. I think what's interesting about this is that, you know, with, with I think any of the Ryans, Rex Ryan, Rob Ryan, it's a chemistry thing. They are, those coaches, it is such a chemistry kind of, you know, reaction with them that, you know, it's same with Rex Ryan, his chemistry with Mark Sanchez. Obviously, that's not productive, but he stands by his guy, and Rob Ryan stands by his guys, and people, the players really believe in their coach. They want to stand up for their coach. That I think it's really finding the right mix for them, and, I know, and I'm hopeful this is the right mix for Rob Ryan because I like Rob Ryan. I think he's got a lot to offer. Again, great hair, but you know, I think Lebowski he could hair. exactly white Russian style on the sidelines. But you know, I think it. it I want to party hoping, with the Ryan brothers. I don't want well, them to be sure. my coach. I do I, not want them to be could, my. Coach. It might be a good fit, but I think more than anything, I think what last season proved is that. You know, sometimes coaches are really undervalued in the NFL. I and mean, half of these coaches are making substantially less money than the star players on their team, which, again, makes it really hard for them to actually coach and sit there and lay the law down. But I think this was a great example of how Sean Payton played such an enormous role with the Saints. I mean, they imploded with him not being there. I mean, it was sad and pathetic to watch. I mean, he would go to the game to just be in the stands. I mean, it was just, like, heart-wrenching to watch him just up there. And I think it really shows that, you know, we need to start playing, you know, paying some coaches better when they really, truly do make an impact for a team. Well, and you know what? The Bears loved Lovey Smith, and Lovey Smith is now gone. But he was a, someone who had a great chemistry with the players. I loved Lovey. I know, and I'm really sad that he's gone. I'm really sad. I can't... I can't not say that. But what I will say is that I'm very interested in what's going to happen with Matt Forte and Trustman, Mark Trustman, the new coach. Um, in my opinion, he looks a little bit like a corporate Batman villain, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> he talks a little, a little like that. He's making business. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why I think that, but he looks like a cartoon villain. Um, but supposedly he's great. You know, he comes in from the Canadian League. Uh, he wants to introduce this really pass-heavy West Coast offense. And so, you know, Matt Forte is one of the best pass catchers out of all of the running backs in the league right now. Now, they didn't use him as much for that, uh, you know, especially with the Mike Tice offense of the past for the Bears, which was its own little nightmare. But, you know, Jay Cutler and the Bears offense, they have had four different offenses in five years. Wow. It's just it's crazy that Jay Cutler just had four different offenses. So I'm hoping that something's going to happen here, that they're going to have to open Is up the field. Is he smart enough to know four different offices? <laughs> I mean, I, 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 the question is, how many times did they go to the playoffs? In... 
Oh, oh, let me let me fake an injury because I can't remember what I'm doing. Terrifying. (laughs) But you know what? I think. Listen, the cat's out of the bag. He likes to throw to Brandon Marshall. Got it. So do all the defenses. He can't do that again. He just literally cannot throw the ball every single time to Brandon Marshall. It's insane. And I think he's going to start throwing to Matt Forte. And I think that there's a possibility. Yes, my question, which was super leading, was will the new Bears offense make Matt Forte the highest fantasy scoring back of the year? I think it's a possibility. And I'm looking to see it at training camp. That's right. It's bold, but it's true. That's a that's a bold statement. And you know what? Trust me. Is Peterson still in the league, or am I? Did I miss something? Yeah. Is he alive? Is he alive? I, I, is he still breathing? Is he still? You. <laughs> I'm just saying there's a possibility with the passing. And Trustman was a golden gopher from the University of Minnesota, so I'm putting my trust in this guy. Good for you. Yeah, you know I. Um, <laughs> I guess it's just like no. <laughs> Here's the thing. I like Matt Forte. I think Matt Forte is an extremely talented player. I think what's unfortunate about Matt Forte is that he's with the Bears. And when and what I mean by that is that, you know, usually you think the Bears, you think it is historically a very heavy running team, which is and a power running team, which is great for Forte. But not, you know, when you're at Jay Culler in the mix, I just get nervous. I just get really nervous. And Maybe he'll throw some more to Forte. It's entirely possible, but and, and I hope he does because Forte is a very talented player and they have to do something because you can't only throw to Brandon Marshall. I mean, let's be serious. I mean, he's at a huge target, but he can't be the only person on your team. But I'm not sure you can say he's going to be the, the highest fantasy scoring back of the year when Jay Cutler is your quarterback. I mean, I, mean, I, don't, I, I don't know. Maybe I had, just me. Courtney? I had Forsett last year. And I'm still, I'm still Forza. mad. I'm, yeah. I'm Forte, Forza. excuse me. I had Matt Forte. Uh, blah, blah, blah. I had Forte last year, and I'm very still upset with him. I mean, I just, mm, uh, luckily, I always have the best fantasy drafts. So I had Doug Martin to put in instead of him, so I wouldn't lose every game at the end of the year. But um, I think he will be top five. I do not think he will be number one. And I think he, um, I won't be drafting him, hopefully. But um, God bless to anybody who does. Good luck. I'm just luck. trying to be controversial. I'm just putting out. Everyone knows Adrian <laughs> I, I, Peterson's I, I, amazing. I, I mean, I like it. I mean, speaking of controversial, I mean, I feel like you start Matt Forte and be like, you know, I, I, he's going to produce. He's going to produce. And I feel like Mr. Michael Vick is very similar. Like, you hold on to those mm. feelings and you're like, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. This is the game. And then it doesn't happen and you're very upset. I mean, you know, and, and with the Eagles – now we got this little quarterback controversy again. Same with the Jets. This is probably a little bit less interesting. I mean, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's more interesting with Michael Vick and much more Ford, interesting. But, yeah, I mean, I guess maybe. <laughs> but I mean, you know, Vick is such a polarizing player. I mean, people love him or they hate him, and if you hate him, you hate him. But folds who? Right. I, I mean, I mean, you know what I mean. It's like. And I and I totally understand. You got you got players backing up. Deshaun Jackson is out here saying this week that he thinks Vic will get the starting job when all is said and done. When when it when it begins, I mean, he is suggesting that Chip Kelly's offense is going to take a little bit more advantage of Vic's mobility and his talents that he has more so than Reed did. I mean, I might suggest that maybe Reed had 
sat there through a few more games and Chip Kelly has the moment to realize that sometimes that mobility can be a hindrance just because, you know, Vic's not the biggest guy in the world and he gets hit a lot. I mean, this isn't exactly, you know, Roethlisberger, who's like 6'5", getting tackled. I mean, this is like little tiny Vic just getting pounded week after week after week. You know, and so it's, you know, I'm, I'm just so torn as to what's going to happen because you hear, every other day you hear, oh, Foles in the lead, Vic's in the lead, Foles in the lead. I mean, what do you guys think? I mean, who's going to be the starting quarterback game one of the regular season? I, think, I think it's Vic all the way. And I think... I think that the Eagles did some stuff on the off season to prepare them to have a successful season with Vic. You know, I mean, you're right. I mean, the man was running for his life last season. Life. I for mean, it was crazy. I, I just, even if you hate him, you felt bad for him with how much he's getting beat. Absolutely. I mean, I just thought it was crazy. And I think that they've really taken steps to protect him, to make sure that he is the Cam Newton of the Eagles. I mean, he, he, oh, he could be. I think he could be. I think that he can, I think that he has it in him to put up really big numbers. And that, we'll see, but. I can tell you, I just went running today. Now, I'm not an athlete. (laughs) That's an understatement. (laughs) 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 Oh, if anyone saw my hand-eye coordination, they'd be like, Oh, no. Is she okay? Um, However, man, you get into your early 30s, and it's the little things. And I'm not saying, like, obviously, you know, know, you're, you're still, like, operating. But if something does go a little wrong, it does take just a hint longer to repair. Just a hint longer. You know, like when you wake up in the morning and you got one of those like creases on your face from a pillow, it just takes a hint longer for it to go away. And you notice it and you say, hmm. And if I were being, I don't know, smashed by 300 pound dudes, I could imagine it taking a hint longer to get back up. And that's what I'm seeing. That's why they have this huge technology to like protect his ribs because he's just been like, it just is beaten down and he's just not cam newton because he's older now i think he's going to still be the starter i think that um it's going to be great as far as the head coach is concerned you know chip kelly wants to you know play with toys and vic is definitely a toy but i don't see the injuries going away anytime soon and i just feel like in the meantime everyone should follow Deshaun jackson on instagram because he is... He has good times. Fabulous on Instagram. Fabulous. And I kind of want his apartment home. It's not an apartment. I live in New York. Everything's an apartment to me. Uh, but he has this great white house. So he takes pictures of himself, like selfies. And then there's like cool art in the background. You know what I'm like? Hey, Deshaun. Living life. Way to go. That's how <laughs> I want it to be. You know? I like it. I like it. I wonder... Uh, one of my teams is the Baltimore Ravens coming off a huge year last year. Obviously I do. I I do love me some Ravens. I'm I'm on the bandwagon completely. I, I love Flacco. I mean, elite. (laughs) I would elite quarterback. I would hope, I hope not to get him as my quarterback, (laughs) but I do love him as a person. Um, 
But what I think we really should be watching out for during this training camp is the defense. I mean, can they find chemistry and with how they have to completely rebuild? Completely. <laughs> completely rebuild. I mean, Ray Lewis retiring, mm-hmm. you know, cutting Bernard Pollard and, and, and losing, I mean, losing tons of guys, including Ed Reed. You know, Suggs is coming back, but he, he's got to prove a lot because I'm I kind of have a feeling they might drop him at the end of the year to save some moolah. Back from the surgery. Back from the surgery, so who knows? I mean, and, and they did pick up a lot. I mean, they were smart. They knew where they were going to struggle. So great and they're interviews, gonna pick up. though. Who, Ed Reed? Of Suggs. Oh, Suggs, yes. Oh, my gosh. And he's a character. I mean, just a complete character. character. I, I totally agree. I mean, and, you know, the Denver Broncos lost Jimmerville, and Baltimore Ravens, you know, got them, got him along with, you know, Daryl Smith and a bunch of other guys. I mean, I, I just wonder, you know, defense to me is – is has to be even so much more chemistry than offense. You know, they really have to play as one. And that's a lot of new, 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 and new to be making it back to, you know, Super Bowl. Yeah. Back in the day, the Baltimore Ravens were kind of like the only defense that you would draft high. Right. You know, you were like, well, they're worth it. I don't think I would do that this year. I, I don't even think I would consider it. More than anything, I'm just confused. I literally have no idea what they're doing. It's also the first time that at least I can remember, and perhaps I'm wrong, but literally everyone jumped ship. They were like, we're not repeating, and they just left. Like, everyone left town. They said that was a one-time deal. There is no talk of repeat. Zero. Not one person has been like, oh, yeah, we're going to totally repeat. They left. They all left. I, they traded Anquan Bolden. They let Vonta Leach go, which, by the way, might be going to the Miami Dolphins, which would be a huge upgrade for Lamar Miller because he's, like, one of the greatest fullbacks ever. Yeah. I don't know how that's going to affect Ray Rice. And, I mean, I understand that, you know, John Harbaugh is a fantastic coach. But, you're, you know, Courtney, I completely agree with you. I need to see a serious, amazing camp. And even though preseason doesn't mean anything, I don't know, I need to see them do something because I'm not I'm – not, believing that this is going to be an easy transition for them. No. It's, you know, and it's really interesting is that I don't think there's ever been a Super Bowl winning team that I've thought, like, maybe they can't make playoffs the yeah. following year, you know? And I think it's because, you know, what, what made the Ravens elite, and people always joke, if you ever watch those, you know, made-up Facebook chains about how Joe Flack was an elite quarterback and it's just ludicrous and hilarious, um is that it was really the defense. The defense is what made the Ravens elite. I mean, that is what, you know, there's the tried and true saying that, you know, defense is what wins championships. And the Ravens epitomized that. And they got rid of half of their defense, like half of their defense. I mean, obviously, you know, Ray Lewis is gone. That's a big loss. Ed Reed is maybe a bigger loss. I mean, you know, Ray Lewis was like the big, you know, the persona, but Ed Reed was like the core of that defense. He ran that defense and he's gone. And so it's, I mean, Joe Flacco alone is not taking you with Torrey Smith to another Super Bowl with a subpar defense. It's not happening, particularly in their division. It's just not happening. It's not happening. No. And you know what? Like, defenses, they do win 
sometimes. They win championships. Games, t- correct. But they don't win fantasy football. No. And only some, but you know, sometimes they'll like win you a game if they have a great matchup or if they're a great defense. Although, which, Chicago which team... last year was just murdering people. I was literally, if you played against Chicago last year, you just got kicked in the teeth. I don't know what was going on with that. But uh, like 30 points. Yeah. 30 points for a defense. Like crazy. I would have one spot pick up Arizona as a defense. And they were actually great. Yeah, They're really great. I had them. Um, but they couldn't win a game to save their lives because their offense was hideous. And the offensive line des- destroyed those quarterbacks. I called it a suicide mission. And I don't mean to be like morbid, but like it was terrifying for me to watch those quarterbacks go out on that field. It was terrifying. It was, they had 58 sacks last year. That's what they allowed. League high, 58 sacks. Wow. Oof. That's how many times Oof. you got sacked. Not just hit, but sacked. Because they don't count hits. That is bananas. So this year, they finally had this QB, Carson Palmer. And they think, oh, yay, this is going to happen. And Carson Palmer's kind of one of those players, and I always am like, eh. But, you know, he sometimes has really great games. So I feel like he's never kind know. of a sleeper. I'm not hating on him but you know one of the great things that he has is Larry Fitzgerald fabulous so one of the questions that's been going on with Arizona Cardinals since oh I don't know they drafted Fitzgerald is who's going to be their number two guy who's it going to be because let me tell you it's never happened there's never been a legitimate number two that you ever wanted to draft now what they're talking about this guy named Michael Floyd it'll be a second year he had a really disappointing rookie season part of the problem is he didn't have a QB to throw to him. There were three guys rotating in to literally get knocked out of every game. So he never really got into a rhythm. So they're kind of hoping that this QB carousel is over. Um, in fact, Clay's Campbell is uh, one of their like star defensive ends there, and he's fabulous. And I actually met him at the NFL draft, which was an embarrassing story that I will share later. But uh, he was actually quoted um, on NFL AM. He said, you know, I don't want to disrespect anyone, but now we have a real quarterback to go with a good defense. When we play with a lead, we're hard to beat. This is the first time in years that we have an offense that matches our defense. Nice. I'm hoping so, but I got to see this. I, <laughs> I'm still I, uh, not sold. They allowed 58 sacks. <laughs> I, I still feel like that Warner could play for their team and still be better than they were last year. Always. <laughs> you know, Always. And forever, I, I I can't disagree. You know, with Campbell, it's true. I mean, I mean, their defense—they had some solid games last year. I mean, it's hard because again, you're thinking the Cardinals, and you're like, do I start up? But they, you know, their defense is pretty solid. But I think it's such a great question: who's the number two wide receiver in Arizona? And there hasn't been. I mean, this is no. to me like almost a laughable conversation point because it's Larry Fitzgerald or bust. I mean, seriously. And, you know, and more than anything... Well, and Larry Fitzgerald was a bust because there is nobody else. So everybody was surrounding him and having a conversation with him in the middle of the game because there's nothing else going on. Because everybody likes Larry. So you just chit-chat with Larry and double-team him and you're like, yeah, it's a cardinal. (laughs) This is what it is. But... He is a nice guy, And Larry, so nice. Yeah, and and everybody loves him. I wish more people were named Larry. Immediately Uh, likable. Hey, Larry. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's great about him is that... I know a Larry, and he's not so great. But I do like Fitzgerald. But he's not sitting there all drama, pitching a fit. I demand a trade. I didn't, you know, I mean, he's just... 
He's doing his thing. He's playing his contract out. And I'm kind of excited for him that because Carson Palmer does provide an interesting situation here that there's a possibility for a second wide receiver in Arizona because of Carson Palmer. I, where there wasn't last year. I mean, I love Arizona. I mean, they're one of my favorite teams, even though they're awful. Really? Um, yeah, I don't know why. I don't know if it's the warm weather or what, but <laughs> I really enjoy them. Um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say they might be the sleeper team of the 2013. Ooh. Oh, bold statement. I know, I know. Listen, uh, Carson stand Palmer, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand by it, sure. Game six, when Carson Palmer goes down, uh, we'll have a different conversation. But, you know, I'm... I feel really, I feel good about Larry actually making great stats this year because I think Carson's going to pretend like he's going to get the ball other way, you know, everywhere else. Well, so I'm hope- did play for the crappy Oakland Raiders and got over 4,000 yards. Right. Yeah. Right. I think the answer is really that your second wide receiver is a ghost. But there's a, teams might believe there's a second wide receiver, but it's still just Larry Fitzgerald. Absolutely. And I think, you know, speaking of ghosts, it's like, does anyone know that the Cincinnati Bengals exist? <laughs> they're a team, guys, in and the NFL. Good. And they're good. And they are good. <laughs> I know. And this was so interesting because I was so shocked when I heard that the Bengals are the Hard Knocks team this year. Yeah. They, this season, Hard Knocks, the Bengals. And I'm like, Nothing like a fiery Andy Dalton on hard knocks to get people pumped for the season. I mean, I feel like no one really cares. And I think it's sad because I think the Bengals actually are a pretty solid team. There's, they're just missing this one little component to get them to that next level. You know, I mean, they've got some solid wide receivers. A.J. Green, he's like your number two receiver you take right now. If you're not taking the most beautiful man on the earth, Calvin Johnson, you're taking A.J. Green. This is like your second choice. You got, you know, Marvin Jones, Andrew Hawkins, Hunt Sanu. I mean, you got a lot of options here. Your running back position's a bit in flex. You know, Green Ellis, you know, possibly Giovanni Bernard. I mean, Bernard Scott. Does anyone remember him? Anyone? Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, you've got some options. And as, as long as Dalton can step up the big games, I think, you know, the Bengals are so close to being serious, serious contenders. And I think it's going to be really fun not so much. It's just fun for everybody to actually see the Bengals in hard knocks. I mean, am I wrong in this? I think it's going to be a really interesting scenario for them. I'm excited. I mean, again, another team I really enjoy, even though it's not necessarily the most exciting games. But I think, I think, I mean, to what I hear, Ashley, we need to be looking at everybody during training camp. Is this is this what you're saying? <laughs> Not just one in We're, one particular. Tune in. Tune, tune in. in. Okay. Okay. Good. I, I love me a redhead though, so tune in. Is all I'm saying. Oh, I like it. I think I think they're gonna have um, an interesting season, and I I think yeah. go ahead. You've got a legit competition at the running back position. I really can't tell you for sure who's going to win that out. For the most part, you know, in general teams, who's going to win, you know, wide receivers, for the most part, you know, and, you know, Andy Dalton's a quarterback. I think, you, I think it'd be a really intriguing hard knocks. I mean, it won't be as good as the Jets hard knocks because it doesn't get better than that. It just doesn't. No, but I think, I think this would be good for the Bengals. I feel like they're one of those teams that people forget about a lot like the Dolphins. I think it's so interesting that they were selected for hard knocks. I think we're going to actually get to see them 
through preseason. I think it's going to actually be good for fantasy and good for their team and for their organization that they were selected for this show. Well, I do have to say, what's interesting about the Bengals is that because they're not on anyone's mind, they're deals. When it comes to the fantasy draft, totally. you know, you can pick them up late because no one's like, hmm, can't wait to get Andy Dalton. <laughs> you know? <laughs> a ginger of my heart. Oh, I love yeah. him. I mean, just no one's going to do it. And that's okay because I'll do it. I'll just wait just like everybody else and pick them up when I can. I, you know, I, I feel pretty I mean, other than A.J. Green who's a definite stud muffin. Definite. Definite. Frankly, even their defense, once again, no one really cares about defense, but their defense won me some games last year. And they're, I mean, their division's in flux. It's the Steelers, which I think the Steelers have a bounce back year. The Ravens, as we just talked about, I'm not entirely sold. And the Browns. God Ooh. love the Browns. But did you guys hear about the guy <laughs> who asked for six Browns to be his pallbearers when he died so that they could it was awesome. <laughs> they could let him down just one more time? One more time. It was the best. <laughs> so good. So the good. Best. I want to have an obituary like that when I die. Right? It's, it's, I'm letting you and my sisters know right now that's what I want. That's Because that's, that's awesome. That's great. You know, I... I Finally, we're getting to something that's important, which is kickers. And, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so kickalicious, anyone for the Detroit? I mean, I am so excited for the kickdown that's about to go on during training camps for the Lions. I mean, they lost their man, Mr. Jason Hansen, who has been kicking for them for over two Decades. It's like when Elon I mean, left the, crazy. Uh, it's crazy. It's yeah. yeah, it's nuts. I mean, twenty-one years the man has started every season kicking the ball for them. You know, and it's good. Yeah. And how many arrests? Probably. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think any. But it might just be that he's a kicker and nobody nobody talks about him. But nobody only cares. the Broncos kicker gets arrested. Yeah, <laughs> just the Broncos, along with the rest of our entire organ executive system. Well, Ashley, you know, I'm sure you were really excited when David Akers got picked up. Like I was a jazzed. week after you know Hanson announced his retirement. Um, just so everybody knows, in the fifth round, do not pick. A kicker. Six. Okay. Six throw. Okay. Sure it was. Sure it was. Um, you know, and he he had a bad year last year. You know, he he says it's because he was injured. You know, he got surgery to he hopefully was. help his you know stuff. Golden foot. Yeah. Well, I don't think that was even it. I think he had like a double hernia or something crazy. But now <laughs> they've got this guy. Who has never played football? I mean, has never put on a helmet well, coming he's in. Football. He's played football, but never American football with a helmet um, that uh, I'm overly excited for. So if you haven't YouTubed um, Rugland, I believe is how you pronounce it, please do so now because it is an amazing four minutes of trick shots that I have, I have ever seen. I mean, the guy is a freak and he has so much fun doing it. And, you know, he's 28 years old and, you know, everybody says he has such a great outlook on life and he's just such a personality. And I mean, how could you not be? You've never played American football before 
And now you may be starting in the NFL within months of, you know, actually (laughs) thinking about playing American football. I mean, it's just, it's, it's crazy to me. And the fact that his nickname is Kickalicious. I mean, I think the man should get a start over poor David Akers, who's like 75, just for that fact alone. You shut your mouth. (laughs) Listen, I really like David Akers. I think he's a great guy. I mean, I don't know him personally, but I mean, I, I feel like he's done a great job for the 49ers. I felt bad for him last season. I mean, there were some games where I just wanted to cry for the guy. It's like, this is just painful. And then you see that <laughs> Harbaugh, like, having an aneurysm, and you're like, oh, no. It was terrifying. But listen, kickers are really <laughs> hard to predict, and it's all about can your team get down the field, and it's tough to do that. But what does happen is you want to know who the guys are who can make those 50-plus yard field goals. Because in most leagues, that's worth five points instead of three points. points. And so you want the Janikowskis. You want the Blair Walsh because they can do that. The David Akers. And they can do it more than (laughs) once. David Akers, absolutely. (laughs) But they can do it more than once in a game. They can do it multiple. I mean, if you've ever played against Janikowski when he has one of those games that literally – the Raiders can only get halfway down the field, and he just kicks like a 60-yard field goal, no problem. He is unbelievable, and he can do it numerous times. And all of a sudden, you're like, how did that kicker get 20 points? What? What? And it's those long kicks. So that's what's cool about this Kicklicious guy. He's that guy. He can do long, crazy kicks. So why not draft him? And then you can be the proud owner of Kicklicious. No problem. Absolutely. Shame. Shame. Shame on both of you. Ugh. If you learn anything in this podcast, he was just that I love David Akers. Um, but that's the thing is that I, I agree so with sad. you. Is that, you know, Kickalicious, A, definitely YouTube. And I think it's such an interesting social commentary on America that some guy posts pictures of dicking around, kicking literally ridiculous kicks. And the Detroit Lions call him up and now he's on the Lions. I mean, that's it is crazy and America to AT. And it's you know, and it's sad for poor David Akers because the thing is, what you're saying is that you want a kicker that can kick those 50 plus yards because that is where your fantasy points are, and there isn't that many kickers in the league that can consistently kick 50 plus yards. You know, as a Broncos fan, it's extremely frustrating with Prater for a couple seasons where it seems like he couldn't make a single freaking field goal between 20 and 40 yards, but 50 yards out, he was golden but couldn't kick anything else. And David Akers was a solid 50-plus kicker as well until last year when he got hurt. I think it's going to be a really interesting kicker competition because I feel like no one ever talks about the competition in a kicker position. (laughs) Never. Because, quite frankly, it's useless to fantasy and it's somewhat boring. But in this case, it's interesting because Kickalicious is a legit option. And David Akers, minus last year when he was hurt, is a tried-and-true 50-plus yard kicker. And so, I mean, who do you start? Do you go with this social phenomenon or do you go with David Akers, who had a subpar year last year, but prior to that was solid? Do you alternate? And what do you do? I mean, I'll be very intrigued to see what the Lions do. And I think it's going to be interesting because we're not going to hear much about it because they're kickers no, and no one really no covers way. kicker coverage. I guarantee you, the people who are showing up for training camp, one, are there for Megatron, two, are there for Kickalicious, period. And they're there for a show. And if the coaches get all riled up about it, they're going to play Kickalicious. Well, and I have to say, you know, we were at the Jets minicamp when Ashley came out to visit. Why? 
because they were the only people we could see. Not sure. But, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but what was so weird is that we were watching Mark Sanchez overthrow in the end zone, and then they turned to the other side of the field, and it was just literally the team watching the kickers kick <laughs> for a pretty extended period of time. And I thought, intriguing. I would have never guessed this is how you finish a practice. You watch kickers. It was, it was weird. Like, you just watched the kickers, weird. and then they were done. Like, literally done. So, who knows? Um, but you know what? I'm going to uh, finish out our evening, and I am going to talk about the running back situation in St. Louis. And I guess my main question is, will they have even come close to replacing Steven Jackson? Now, Steven Jackson was one of those uh, fantasy players that drove you crazy. Because yeah. he just could not get in the end zone. And it wasn't necessarily his fault. It's just the team never got it together. It just, they could never fire in on cylinders. And I just, I don't see that uh, repairing itself anytime soon. And really, he is a rather large hole. And to be honest with you, he's a great player. And, you know, Tony Gonzalez actually was quoted as saying, because now um, Steven Jackson's going to be the starting um, running back for the Atlanta Falcons, he actually said that with the addition of Jackson, uh, now the offense is quote-unquote perfect. Uh, and I can't disagree with him. I actually feel like it's a huge nope. upgrade for them because if Michael Turner could limp into the end zone, I'm sure Steven Jackson can do the same. And he has some great speed, and he's good after contact. Uh, but no one knows what's going on in St. Louis, and I think we might have the dreaded running back by committee, a little RBBC. And That's the worst. it's terrifying. So this is going to be a Carolina Panthers situation, and we all know what that means. No one wins. Uh, but I will say that I think Daryl Richardson is definitely the person who's ahead right now. You know, uh, the team listed him as the starter. He was the person behind Steven Jackson last year because Isaiah P. just could not hold on to the ball. He kept fumbling, and so he kept being put in the doghouse, and they just wouldn't play him. And now everyone's like, but he's a talented one. He's going to get it back. He's going to be the person. Well, now he's suspended for the first game of the year. You know, he just he can't seem to really, you know, put it out there. So then they also drafted this guy in the fifth round, Zach Stacy. He's from Vanderbilt. People keep, you know, writing about him. You know, once again, I just can't do running back rookies are so hard broken. to draft. They get broken because they're running into 300-pound dudes. I'm not going to dog them for the it. It's sad. It's just, it's like, who's used to running into that? So I think that I'd like to see what they do in the training camp because I, I want to know who's going to come ahead of the pack. And even though I just said all these negative things, they're also steals because everyone that's doing mock drafts and everyone's doing rankings lists them at like 42 and below. I'm one of the only people that put Daryl Richardson up in the top 32 because I feel like a starting running back deserves to be in the top you know, half of the you know, rankings, but people are ranking them so low that they, they might be a good flyer just in case one of them really does prove themselves to be the featured back, but they're going to have to prove it because I think that's going to be shared. Well, I don't know if they want to, to prove it, you know, like, I, I mean, I know that they want to, but I, I, it seems like they really like dividing the ball carrying, you know, and I mean, if people are so excited about Zach Stacy, who's what I think the third running back, you know, 
getting a lot of touches. I mean, it's not a healthy draft for the running backs in St. Louis. I, I mean, I'm on everybody else's side where I would stay away from them. And, and they'll be available, most likely. I think, I think you're right, Corinda. I think it's extremely hard, especially right now when you're drafting your teams, because I don't think we know. I, mean, I think you're right, Brian, that Dale Richardson is for sure kind of the leader of the pack at the moment. But I think a lot is going to be told come preseason when they're actually playing preseason games. Because Isaiah Peedham is that tried and true situation where coach like, oh, he's so talented. He's got so much talent. And they want to give this guy a chance. And, and you know, you've got you know, the beater with Richardson, he's going there making their yards and, you know, making the plays, but Isaiah Pete's so talented. I think it's going to be, they're going to just rotate and rotate and rotate. And I think what's really frustrating, especially from a fantasy point of view is again, we're sitting here talking about, you know, running backs by committee. And it's so frustrating when you are a fantasy owner for anyone that's new here. I mean, you do not want to be in any sort of running back by committee situation because you will start a running back and he will, you know, touch the ball here and there, and then somebody else is going to come in, and it's so irritating. But the problem is it's almost it's almost becoming a necessity just because of how huge players are becoming now, and these running backs are just being pounded day in, day out. That I mean, and correct me if I'm wrong with what you guys think, but I feel like running back committee has really kind of come about because of the size of these players nowadays. That you, It's hard to have just one running back who can just get beaten down over and over and over again now. Yeah. It's, uh, it's going to be interesting. I mean, as I said, I, I feel like they could still be steals because they're so far down. I'm talking like you could yeah. take them in round nine or ten. Easy. For, yeah. I'd agree. They're a steal. They'll be a steal because you're not taking them earlier than that. You'd be crazy to take them earlier no. than that. <laughs> but there's a possibility one could emerge. Well, and you hope that it's the one you choose to pick. Yeah, but because... if not, the other one's still available. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's Probably. the thing. You that's can replace true. them. Trade them out. That's that's very true. Well, I think that wraps it up this week. Thanks for tuning into part one of the burning training camp questions. Next week, we'll get to all the other teams and we'll start finding some answers. As always, you can check out our website at herfantasyfootball.com. For more info and make sure to harass us on Twitter at herfantasyfb. We like the challenge. Until next week, no more faking it.